to go. Ready to roll. All right. It's a good distance. Here we go. Cool. What's Swingin' Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Steel Mace Nation podcast. Once again, your host, Fred Moore. Uh, This is getting close to the 100th episode here. Um, I don't know exactly what number it's going to be when when this actually hits, but it's going to be really close. I'm really excited about that. In less than two years... Uh, really, in less than a year and a half, we are at the one almost the 100th episode. So uh, I'm really excited today to be at the a Shared Universe podcast studio doing. This is where it all started for me, um, and then of course COVID kicked me out of here, and then I kind of went rogue on my own. And but I'm back because I got Chris Malarkey here. Hey, Chris Malarkey is a martial artist. He's from Bloomfield, New Jersey. Uh, he has been doing martial arts for how long now? 27 years. That's a long time. So uh, what belt are you? I'm a fifth degree black belt in Korean Taekwondo traditional. Fifth degree Fifth degree black, black belt. belt. Fifth degree. That is yeah. awesome. Now, I grew up, I was born in 73. Gotcha. So I grew up, this is this is why I'm excited to do this podcast, because okay. I want to get an idea of where we are with martial arts nowadays. Okay, cool. Because cool. I grew up with this stuff. Gotcha. Bruce Lee and everything else on the TV. Yes. All through the 80s, all the the movies that you look back at now, yeah, they're kind of like... Outdated. Yeah, kind of rough. Right. But <laughs> when I was a kid, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, and then right down the street, I would walk and there would be a Taekwondo studio. Yes. And yes. Taekwondo was huge yes. in the 80s. Yes. It was yes. like they were dominating. Explosion. And uh, I would watch through the window and I remember everybody looked so disciplined. And I was this little kid and... There was something appealing about that. I guess I yeah. wanted that, maybe. Yeah. Um, I went and I told my parents, yeah, I want to join. And they were like, for that much money, no way. <laughs> <laughs> they were two school teachers. They were two school teachers. They couldn't afford it. Gotcha. Um, I think it would have done me good, though. But yeah. who knows? Maybe they saw something. Maybe they they were like, maybe he's not ready yet. Correct. <laughs> but, I've heard that. Yeah, Taekwondo was huge. Yes, it um, was. It, and is it still um, a, one of the more prevalent styles I, out there i from last what i from when i last checked taekwondo is the most practiced martial art in the world it's the most popular one it's practiced by the most amount of people globally why is that around the world i think it's just the the taekwondo the way it's designed is really natural it really builds on the natural momentum that you can create the natural movements that you have you don't have to be uh, super flexible you don't have to be super strong um it's really a martial art which is designed for really in, in essence for a smaller person to be able to overpower overcome someone that is bigger with the technique so you don't have to have all those other attributes in order to be successful in this particular martial art um, so a lot of it, I, I would say the best thing is it's it's really scientifically based it's based in physics so if you have a good uh, good concept of you know how to generate speed how to generate power you really don't need to pack on 25 pounds of muscle and go work out like that you could spend a lot of your time training and really focusing and owning in on the technique everything else pretty much from there is golden so you know obviously you got to put in a lot of repetition a lot of time um it does it's not something that you can be good at in a year or two it takes a good amount of time and again it depends on where you are in your life if you're really focused then maybe your you know the speed that you're going to get it is very different from the speed the other person is going to get it so when parents have come up to me for over the course of the years like how fast how long does this take i can't tell you that it's going to depend on the kid it's going to depend on us it's going to depend because it is a team thing when you have kids involved you know you do have to i believe in interfacing with the parents getting them involved too like hey if there's something else you can do with them at home practice what we're doing here you know like let's communicate so that way it's kind of like you know a village raising that kid not just you bring them to me and i install everything i can't do that starts from home but with adults it's different because you bring your life experience inside and then you learn what we're doing and then try to reapply it back out there and i started so young i was only five so it I had virtually i think i had adhd or something i had i must have because i hear stories from my parents all the time but my mom actually got me into into it uh first which was great um there was a taekwondo school much like yourself right up the street from where we were in brooklyn um so she brought me there i just you know guess to try to dump a lot of energy she figured that 
was like a really good way for me to not just dump the energy, but also to get me to focus in school. Yeah. Um, and I never had any real problems in school per se. I just like, I was just too active. I'd have all my work done, but then I was like, all right, let's go mess with this guy. Let's go start a fight over here. So, you know, all that, all this stuff over the years has gotten me to calm down a whole lot more, but it's also gotten me to focus on all the areas of my life. And I think that's the best thing about martial arts. It's a lifelong activity. And that's not just the selling point. It's the truth. It's yeah. the way I that's the way I am every day. So regimented and uh, flexible, malleable, um, very strict with certain things, obviously, but there's balance. That's the key, right? The yin and the yang. Yeah, and I've heard that a bunch of times, how uh, people become more focused in their life uh, with everything. Yes. And and uh, you mentioned um, a parent would come up to you and say, how long does this take? And, Absolutely. And you said, all the time. well, hey, you know, it, it all depends. But isn't the real answer when it comes to stuff like this, like your whole life? Pretty much, it's right? The whole life you're going to be trying to master. Pretty it, much. And just, that it, it depends though because it it depends on the intention of why they be of why you're bringing them to me right again it, uh, kids are so much different from adults when i get adults walking in the door it's obviously it's for different reasons and it's going to be for someone that's five years old and it's just telling their parent basically tells them you have to be here at a certain time okay they don't want to force them to do it you want it to be a little genuine for me it was completely natural like never had to force me to go to a class as a matter of fact, whenever I didn't do well in school, that's the first thing my parents would take away because that was like my, my gateway. That was yeah. my opportunity to like let everything out. So it was like, you can go to class, but you got to sit and watch everybody practice and then walk back home. And I was like, so it's it was a leveraging moment for them yeah. once they figured out, you know, you know where to figure out where to press with kids, obviously. Um, but they were good about that and they've kept me in it. Um, there was a time when I was a teenager when we were getting ready to move from Brooklyn to Jersey uh, around 2000 and I just didn't want to continue anymore because I wasn't with I wasn't gonna the probability of me finding the same the same school was gonna be real difficult I loved where I was at I loved the community and the way we practice Taekwondo it's really a community it's not a gym it's not you come in you pick up whatever you put it down you wipe this and then you bounce it's just like yo like what are you doing after this what are you doing before yeah and then you network with so many people in your life and to this day a lot of my solid friends are people i've had i've been in taekwondo with for 20 plus years now that's amazing yeah. these are people that you met that long ago you're still in contact met that with long ago still in contact that's that's a very special thing it is it's you don't very, see that often you don't definitely not. that's yeah and and that definitely makes it um something much much more than just a physical fitness thing correct it, it's beyond uh sometimes i guess you would say your your uh, expectations of what what any type of relationship is right yes. i mean because yes. people understand the struggle to to attain a belt to yes. move up in rank yes they you understand what's going on in in your in your peers right. minds it's a, it's essentially right a shared relationship of stress right going toward yeah. a common goal right right we all want to get to this path on the mountain now taekwondo is only one road to follow so there's all of these things that you have to hit along the way all these paths and this journey here and it's all it's so subjective and personal and individualized which is great like the way you do taekwondo and what you take from it is completely different from what the other person's going to get from it because our live paths are so different yeah so you know you meet certain certain people outside of taekwondo you'll be closer with certain people within that circle of taekwondo and not so much with others there's people that come and go i mean of the people that start uh, taekwondo and I like the, the way I like to say it is taekwondo is for everybody in the beginning after six months it's for less people after about a year it's for less people after five years even less so then you kind of dwindle down and it's really like this pyramid at the top right, right. where you're kind of sometimes by yourself which is kind of where I'm at because um, there's no one left from my class per se that continue so I'm kind of carrying my own sort of generational uh, gap here yeah you know it's, it's all pretty much me um which is kind of great it's a little lonely sometimes but <laughs> i got plenty of people from uh the next class to to work with and again i have so many so many friends and luckily um i taught and made some really good connections in a lot of the communities that i've been a part of uh all branching out from tkd but just at different places so i have like no shortage of people i can talk to to you know bounce ideas off of or train with over here so 
it's all good, man. It's all good. And and as far as like the state of martial arts nowadays, yeah. um, is it just as strong as I remember it being when I was a kid, or what do I, you remember it being like as a kid? I gotta ask. I, you that. I just remember <laughs> it was like I would go to school and everybody was trying to do a flying dragon kick into each uh -huh. other's head. I got you. And, yeah. <laughs> and everybody's like, "Hey, did you see this movie? Did you see?" That? We were we were uh, there was a catalog. It was called Asian World of Martial Arts. Yes, AWMA. And we would look through this, and then yeah. uh, my friend goes, "Hey, I'm gonna ask my 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 uncle if we could buy nunchucks." And his <laughs> uncle went, "Just buy them yourself." Right, right. So we ordered them, and we were like, "Holy shit, we could actually order more martial arts weapons through the mail, yes, and you can. nobody knows we have them." Yep. And it was just nuts like that. And tuck them away. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, we have Coca Bola nunchucks yes, and yes. speed chucks. And the one kid bought the ninja thing with the claws. Yes. It was insane. Like, we should have all been like missing an eye or something. <laughs> um, but it's it just seemed like it was so pumped up. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And yeah, maybe that was just. And that's coming out of the Bruce Lee era, right? right. I mean, he died around that time. I actually have a Bruce Lee shirt on right now. Um, but it's he died around that time. So, like, he left a lasting impact on yeah. just everybody that was going to even people that weren't which is really great the great thing about Bruce was he left an impact on people that were yet to be born yeah like you know he died and then some people came around after that and like just he's he's just one of those iconic figures you just represent so much more than just kicking and punching and blocking and screaming it's it's really the lifestyle his and, mindset and the philosophy that yeah, he yeah. left behind right. I mean I've read all the books that I can on this guy I actually just got um, a book thank you shout out to Shannon Lee his daughter yeah um, I got it signed by her um, called I think it's called be water um, which is a great book I haven't read it just yet um, I read the first page and that was all I needed to know to hop into it um, but I mean even his daughter's got you know she's had to guide herself using his philosophies. Yeah, isn't that amazing? And isn't that, I mean, in his writings, like, yeah. how do you do that? So it's like, to be that impactful, and he wrote a lot of that stuff when he was injured and not able to move. Yeah. Um, so people that people that don't know a lot about Bruce, but that, I think I was on the tail end of that sort of momentum mm -hmm. of buying the weapons. I had the nunchucks, hit myself, of course, a million times. <laughs> Black guys going to class, you know, out teachers asking my mom questions like hey are you uh yeah, smacking right. this guy up no but uh she's like no he's in taekwondo they're like okay 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 so, so so no but um it's it's still i think a very um a very vibrant vibe so to speak um it just depends on what you're looking for mma makes things different yeah so you know like if you're looking on the screen you can actually even say that bruce lee was like the start of that um, if you look at the beginning of Enter the Dragon, his and the way he was integrating the gloves and uh, the rules and mixing styles, so mixing he, was, style, he was one of the yeah. first people to do that on screen, at least. I mean, maybe there was someone else on the street somewhere doing it, but they didn't make it to the big screen. Uh, but Bruce was big on that. Now I have a question about mixing yeah. styles. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Taekwondo is a style. Yes. And and I and I think you do uh, currently compete or I used to compete. You used to, I saw some I, videos. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm done competing. All right. Yeah, I'm finished. Um, was that only Taekwondo on Taekwondo when you competed or w was there cross? I was definitely crossing styles. Okay. I fought a lot of, uh, karate practitioners in my time. Um, we went to a lot of those tournaments, uh, to mix, to mix it up. Um, I fought a couple other people. I've had some like Chinese, like Chinese, uh, sort of Kung Fu in sort of involved in there too. Not as many of those as the karate. It's a little more when you go to those championships that you're looking for like striking that's similar to what you do in a sense. So all those open championships, invitational championships were like relatively a mirror of what you did, but somehow different enough for you to have to make adjustments because you haven't seen that before. Right. You don't practice it that way. Right. So once you don't see it done a particular way, you have to, in your mind, you have the confidence to get with your tools, but then you got to see how you can get rid of the other person's confidence with their tools while you're fighting them and make the adjustment while you're fighting. That's the hard part. Right. Um, so I would say... I would say I fought mostly Taekwondo on Taekwondo, but the quality of the practitioners I fought is really high caliber. I mean, these guys were like really good. Best in um, the world. Really good. I would say I would say they're pretty much up there. I mean, yeah. we learned from the best of the world. I'd be remiss to not talk about my teacher, um, Grandmaster S.J. Kim, who's a ninth degree black belt in Taekwondo, born in Korea. Um, sort of, I think, certainly sort of like around the Korean War, and uh, he's got so many stories, but. Uh, he's still actively teaching. He's got to be 60, in probably mid 60s, 70s. Can get to sit here and pull a side split out right now, no problem. I mean, he's just like the embodiment of a once in a lifetime athlete. So it's like 
I can't make any excuse to not train and be this and be that. Isn't he's gone through all that stuff already anyway? It's like talking to your grandparents, like, oh, this was hard, and they're like, I walked three miles with no shoes on. Yeah, they, they're not gonna give you any ways out of what you're supposed to do. Period. He's that kind of guy. Um, and then the caliber, he's just phenomenal. So he. Master Kim is a first-generation student of the founder of Taekwondo. So I actually study a very close lineage to the founder. Wow. So it's not like I'm practicing like, you know, someone, you know, Joe Schmo, TKD. Like, this is the real deal, the actual integration. Master Kim's been in the actual books um, that uh, demonstrate the patterns that we practice with the founder, which is amazing. Um, so I can't say enough about the teaching we had. The quality of teaching we have is literally world-class. Literally. So. Now, you mentioned the patterns that you practice. Yes. Are these called kata? No, they're called tul, T-U-L in Korean. Is I that mean, different than kata? It's, or the, it's, same... the, it's the same translation okay. in different languages. So in Japanese, like if I have my Taekwondo uniform, it's called a dobak, where in Japanese it's called a gi. Okay. You know, so in kata, Japanese uh, forms would be kata, and then in Korean forms would be tul. Okay. So it's literally the same, just a matter of language uh translations that's it okay and and as and far as far as those movement patterns are concerned yeah. there's are there like layers or stages absolutely like, okay. there's, there's, i mean we could we could be here for hours talking about it um, is it to, endless is it is it almost it, like it really is um right. it's it's really kind of on that level once you get to the high level um uh, there's always something to work on um right. so even while i'm teaching now you know i teach remotely and i teach in person because covid's made things very difficult right. to deal with but Luckily, I've got enough. I've, I've really, I'm grateful for the students that I have. There, some of these students I taught when they were four or five. Now they're 21. So it's like, wow, that's crazy that you even come back and remember who I am, you know. And it's and it's easy for them to remember. So it's, it's good. Um, which speaks to speaks to the quality of teaching that I got from my teacher. Um, but the patterns themselves, I would say, what's the best way to put it? I don't know. They're really difficult once you get to like past like a certain degree black belt they're very intricate so you're looking at generating speed you're looking at generating power yes you're looking at hitting hard yes but then you're looking at rhythm you're looking at how, how am i relaxing because there's always got to be right this relationship between relaxation and tension in martial arts particularly in the patterns that's where you see it so if i'm stressing the whole time i've got a 45 move pattern and if I'm stressing every single move and muscling everything, it's gonna I'm gonna be tired by the time I get to the twentieth movement. Yeah. I'm gonna be totally gassed out. But the patterns weren't designed that way. The patterns were designed for forty five moves, so there's gotta be a more relaxed way to get there. So you learn over time and through repetition and with the right teacher how to develop that relationship between relaxing and tensing. So it's just like kinda of like watching a sprinter, like world class sprinter. They look they make it look effortless. I mean there's so much there so many of the mechanics that go into it it's a lot of that downward motion that propels you forward but it's the relaxation in the stride that gets you forward so it's un it's understanding yes memorization is the first layer then repetition to kind of make that memorization stick make it second nature exactly second nature right and that's kind of the goal of martial arts is that it's supposed to be right when done properly it's supposed to not just work for you physically it's supposed to be a method, a medium for you to be able to live the rest of your life. It's a lifestyle. It's not like I'm doing this as a hobby or an yeah. activity. Yeah. That's how some people will will do it for that reason, which is no problem if that's what you're stating up front. However, I did it for a particular reason when I was five. That reason changed when I became 15. Right. That reason became changed when I became 30 and then 32 now finally. So it's it's completely different. I, I think that's very important as yeah. you're as you're going through this because yeah. if you don't um, rechannel your purpose yes. along the way because you're growing and you're maturing. Correct. If you always hold on to the reason why when you were five it was because you just wanted to punch a kid in the face. Right. Or something, right. Right. Which you could retain a little bit of that, which is good. Yes. Right? Yeah. Just like when I f first started working out, I was like, oh, I'm gonna get chicks this way. Right. <laughs> Similar, right? When you're 15 and you do that, well, no, for long enough, you're like, okay, the mirror's right. starting to change. Yeah. You know? Right. I but get it. you have I get it. you have to uh, rechannel that purpose as you get older. If there's more coming into your life. And I mean, like when it comes down to how you conduct your affairs, your relationships and yes. stuff, and we're talking about making it second nature. Correct. So this is like the second nature as, as if um, 
you're about to sneeze and you put your hand in front of it. Like, Correct. it happens. So this is so integrated in, how could it not permeate into the rest of your life? If, if, it do, if it's done properly, that's, again, that's what it's supposed to do. You have to have your mind on it too. It can't just be when you're in front of the teacher, you practice. You right. have to be at a certain, a certain point in time where I'm at now, there's no one standing in front of me telling me, hey, Chris, you got to practice now. No one calls me master, right? Like they just like, Chris, did you practice? And like, no one's no one's telling me to do that. It's just like your parents calling you if you were in college. Like, hey, did you wake up and go to class this morning? No, you're on your own. Salute. You got to do what you got to do. So you have to know also, you know, how to balance your balance your diet to contribute to what you're doing with your practice. Everything I do and have done is really all in the direction of Taekwondo. It's like the singular the singular focus and you could spend a lifetime in one martial art so not to speak poorly of schools that do this but it's hard it's almost fascinating how you could integrate so many different styles in one school i could spend a lifetime just doing taekwondo and trying to master that yeah so i mean really really getting to a, a, a finite point where i'm like all right i got it now i don't think i'll ever see that day and that's a good thing because it gives you a direction to keep pulling you forward and upward and progressing that's the key um, so, you know, with all these schools that have like, you know, I do MMA is like, I got a certain opinion on it because I'm a traditionalist. However, I appreciate the fighters because I went through what they went through, having to drop weight, having to, you know, train late nights, having to do the runs in the morning. Have, I, I do that. So yeah, it's like, a grind, right? it's, it's a grind and it's 24 seven. You almost can't have anyone around you because yeah. you're so like, you right, know? right. So, um, there's got, there's a, there's a way to do this where you're not, you know, essentially in that state all the time mentally and physically you're not always it wasn't always competitions for me but whenever i did fight um and i was that was like my main thing i was a, i was a tremendous fighter um so but my teacher didn't ex that was the ex expectation it wasn't the standard yeah. it was an expectation you supposed to win i'm putting you in there you have my name on your pet my name on you you're gonna win yeah. so i was like yes sir let's get to it and uh that's it pretty much that's that's the way it's supposed to be done do you remember your uh your first days of competing and what that was like for you mentally preparing for it and, <laughs> yeah. and the days leading up to it yes i do what um, was that like i was i i would say my father was like a huge and still is a huge supporter um of what i do in the in the martial arts field and uh, very quiet guy, very soft-spoken, um, but always and continues to leave really an indelible impact on my journey with this as well. He never um, stepped into the stepped on the mat and took a class with me or anything like that, but always supported like me continuing the practice because he, I guess he saw the advantage the advantage that it had with my particular mindset. And obviously, we think different from our parents. We're not always the same because we come from them, right? right? And parents expect that sometimes. And I'm like, no, you just got to let them be who they are, you know? And if this helps them be better than whatever they would be if they didn't have it, great. Then we already have a win. Um, but in my early days competing, I was horrible. I was like, I was nervous because yeah. there's just no, I, I wasn't one of those guys that, you know, was like, I won every tournament from, you know, age, 10 to age it wasn't like that um but i will say that the the disparity between me being not as good and me being great happened with me competing more often there is a correlation almost a numerical one but mm -hmm. in a sense the more you focus on it too the more you're more you're preparing the smarter you learn to train right you're not working out hard all the time you have to know when to relax when to rest what to eat when to drink something you know what i mean and it's the, first, the early days were really, since I was so young, it's it really just kind of like get in there and just don't get beat up. Like, that's your job. If you come out with that, that's a win. Um, and thank my parents for that. They they, they both were so supportive um, and still are. But uh, as as I progressed into like the teen years, that's when I started becoming the villain. That's when I was like, all right, Kobe mentality, let's, oh, yeah. let's get to it. Like, you know, we're here to do, because you, know, you don't need your parents at that point to train. Like, I mean, your, my father's not going to sit there and run with me. You right. know what I'm saying? But I would have my have one of my friends turn his car on and run behind the car like like that's what we would be doing and then i was like all right we're gonna just just gonna drive let's go wait so your friend <laughs> would drive the car drive the car and and he would just kind of pace you yep my friend wince tower yeah did, shout out to him yeah. did he uh did he practice a taekwondo he didn't no he was See, this is interesting like I, what a great friend i mean and he's my best he's my best <laughs> man at my wedding he's this is unbelievable yeah, so like, he's, he's who's, great. Who, like if i asked somebody to do that for me <laughs> they'd be like, be like uh, uh, yeah. just go run yourself how for how much right, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you, right and i'm spending gas money too no yeah. but um he, it's just it's been great that 
I guess my impact, I mean, people see that I'm obviously very serious about what I do. Um, I taught at a school for 11 years. I was the head instructor there. Um, we had a 400-plus student body, so we're not talking small amounts of students here, and responsible for the curriculum, you know, for in large part. So um, my participation there was, uh, was really um, relied on uh, heavily, which is great. Um, but my, again, back to the competing thing, like it's really – the more you get into it, the better you get. Yeah. So it's really just almost like whenever your mind decides to change, you know, then it's like the teacher appears when the student is ready. It's like that, that kind of metaphor. Like when you're ready to get to the next level, boom, there it is. You already kind of know what to do. And then you have, I have the proper guidance. I have, I have like the best instructor in the world, Grandmaster S.J. Kim, who's just, I mean, still phenomenal. I don't, I can't think I can get past him today. Do you, how often do you train with him? Um, I trained with him a lot more pre-COVID. Um, I haven't seen him in a little while. Um, I know he's doing well, but uh, I, I see him on Facebook all the time, still te still actively teaching, as in like this week taught, yeah. um, still in uniform, still puts on a belt. You don't find anybody that's a ninth degree black belt in this form or any really any format that still puts on a belt every day and goes to teach like you just don't what are they doing uh i don't know i can't speak to that uh are they just like kind of like old and uh they that can be probably pretty old i've seen that ninth degree typically means you know like the I'll, i guess i'll break the degrees down like so fifth degree to sixth degree where i'm at now so on my road to the sixth degree black belt it's about a six-year wait Oof. minimum wow that's a minimum and that's just, and then you take like preliminary tests like every six months so that way they know that you're training, right? And, so, and they so. track you this way, Correct. right? Correct. Yeah. It's almost like we have like one governing body, right? To essentially sanction like, you know, our promotions. But we're internationally recognized. So when you get your black belt, you go anywhere in the world, say I'm a fifth degree black belt, they're like, boom. That's how big, not we are, that's how big Master Kim is. Yeah. So it's like that for him to have that impact. I mean, he was on the, um, the uh, ITF, original ITF demonstration team, and I believe it was 1975 or 1976. Um, and they basically came from Korea to the United States and pioneered Taekwondo here. Right. So that's when a lot of the karate guys were like running out the door because when the Koreans came, they were they were gone. Yeah. And it was and they were mopping up the tournaments too. So they got they. I mean, Taekwondo was like huge. But back then they huge. were mopping up. Yes. The, See, back that, then. The, now uh, this is here's a controversial yeah discussion. Yeah. Here. Let's hear it. <laughs> um, because this is this is you know something I want to know yeah. because when I heard this being said i kind of like was looking um it was hard to find information back then there was no internet but i remember hearing probably i'm gonna say in the late 80s early 90s i remember hearing them say um that taekwondo came over and they watered it down here in the united states because they didn't want people to drop out copy and okay. then but the source of all that would be like all it was almost like another system or style saying that gotcha and then and then you would look and see who's winning competitions right right and it was like korean taekwondo guys enough said and it's like well <laughs> all right i mean is there what's what's going on here did you ever hear anything like that or do, do you know anything I've, about that? I've heard plenty of it um i can't it's hard it's impossible at this point in time yeah. in 2020 to trace it back to the like who exactly said that right these days we could do that we could be like this guy said it we just look you up but we can't trace that now um and again i was born in 88 so i mean like i was what five and 93 when i basically started so like the way i learned I didn't see any watering down anywhere, especially the way Grandmaster Kim taught us. Yeah. So, and, and especially as I got older, um, still practicing because we're in a traditional style, which makes us such us aside from the more the contemporary way of doing it. Which not it's not the way we do things. It's not the Olympic thing that you see. Like this is like straight from the source. We're talking straight from the creator of Taekwondo in a room with a bunch of guys sitting there trying stuff on each other. You know, basically Taekwondo is not not 200 years old, 300 years old. This was made essentially founded in April 1952. So we're talking, what, 48, 68 years? Not right. even 70 years. And we're, we're talking about a system that's really the most popular and most practiced, I think, from last I looked up, uh, martial art in the world. Yeah. Um, now, if you're talking about effectiveness, if you're talking about other things with, with different martial arts, it's different because jujitsu is obviously going to you're going to have a different conversation there right so that's what we practice is striking so we don't excel in being close we excel at managing the distance and managing the damage right that's what we excel at so it's not like 
there's any one style, in my opinion, that's supposed to dominate all of the other styles. You know, so it's, they always say uh, like jujitsu guys have the advantage because all fights turn into some form of grappling. But yes. now again, I yeah. am not coming out of any <laughs> level of, of good like source of information. I got you. I'm I a got total you. like amateur hack <laughs> okay. when it comes to this. I got you. But the way I would look at it is if you're really good at striking yep. and that's your gig, yep. then nobody's ever gonna get close to you anyway. Yes, you right? got a, you got a great chance. If you if you're if you're serious, again, if you have to be serious about what you're doing. I take fighting completely. That's like my life. It's a hundred. You have to take a hundred percent serious. It's a job, and if you don't do your job right, well, you're gonna get hurt. Mm. Period. And if not worse. So if you're talking about taekwondo versus jujitsu in this sense, it it's not about who. It's not about what's being done. It's about who's doing it. Yeah. It's right. more about that. So I could give you a, a million hypothetical examples, but then I have to like get specific people like okay well you were, that i know versus this jujitsu guy i don't know we'd be here forever trying yeah. to figure out who's the best and then there's also like okay can we come to a consensus on what the best is can we all agree that this is all within the best no because some people are going to say well i consider the best this then i consider the best that but i think honestly if you're striking pretty well you can manage the distance pretty well i don't think anybody can really take care take care of business with me i feel confident yeah i can speak on that um i feel confident i could fend off anybody i've been in real street fights um i've fought people in bars before not that i was looking for the fight at all no nah. at all you don't yeah. go when you do martial arts it's like a, it's separate from and not to talk down about any other thing but like boxing is a skill set right you learn how to punch you learn how to not get hit hopefully and kind of keep it moving from there taekwondo martial arts are intended to be a discipline for your life and you've heard me say that earlier right mm -hmm. it's it's not me going to seek a conflict it's it's conflict resolution yeah right, right? at its best right and taekwondo if we really want to be accurate taekwondo is really not a self-defense it's a self-offense right i'm striking so how am i de yeah. i'm defending myself by hitting you yeah right, right? Yeah, so let's be let's be honest about that but you know that's kind of how it's sold it is a self-defense because you know and if i hit you you're not hitting me anymore yeah so but some, it's the mindset too it's, it's the mindset it's yeah. not yeah. i'm going out I, like i want to learn how to like butcher people no it's no i just want to know how to handle myself in case something happens correct which is defending yourself correct. you're correct. you're not out looking for a problem not at but all. if it comes your way you have the the skill set to handle to handle, it. It. To handle it. and usually that's verbal the way i taught the way i yeah. teach kids very important very special relationship with kids when i when it comes to this because it's so malleable it's so pliable and you know you don't eventually essentially as an as a teacher you have to and bruce lee spoke a lot about this in his philosophy is really to avoid your influence on them directly yeah. i'm not sitting here trying to turn you into me i want you to be the best version of you using these techniques i don't want you to necessarily look like i look i don't want you to necessarily mimic me i want you to hear what i'm saying extrapolate the big things take that and make it yours that's one of the best things you can do because not every movement works for me in taekwondo like some of these things i'm like i can't i wouldn't see myself doing a, this movement in a pattern on the street i'm not going to necessarily knife hand strike you i might punch you this way i might flip you over my shoulder then i might kick you so right. you 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 kind of you're kind of learning again going back to our pattern conversation you're learning over time to take out what's necessary, what's applicable from the patterns to today, because not those movements were designed from also other styles. Yeah. Right. So it's an amalgamation over time, and they call it Taekwondo. Right. So, but it's got it's based in uh, Kempo. It's got some roots in Karate. It's got some, you know, it's got roots everywhere. Um, but you're t learning to take things that you need when you need them and make them applicable. So essentially, right, in the larger conversation we're having. I can be, which I am, a great fighter in the, in the on the match, right inside a you know invitational championship, whatever. But I'm also just as effective in the bar, no problem. Not that I spend time there, but right. you know it's like I can be good on the street and I'm good in the tournament because some people aren't. You can't convert them. They're only their minds are only set for one activity. Right. I mean, street is kind of like what you'd be more prepared for, which is great. Like that's that's a great way to to be prepared but you got to have the balance between both you have to be good in the championships and know what to do and then you have to be able to be good when you're outside the championship on the street when it's things are a lot faster yeah. things come at you fast what if this person has a knife i got to kind of assess the situation when i walked into the building today i'm kind of scoping it out let me take a look sit in the car for a minute all right you know so you you 
you become not uh, fearful. You become you just learn how to be more prepared based on where you are. Right. Situational awareness. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah. So yeah. basically, wherever you go, you're you're sizing up. Essentially, anyway, right. and not not the person, but like again, the environment, like right. where you are. Like you know, if I'm in a neighborhood with you know, loud music and everything. I'm like, all right, this, that's the vibe here. Cool. I, right. can, I can I can run with that. That's cool. And then you just got to, hey, things, some people are probably pretty jumpy here. Some people are probably pretty young here. Like, you know, and I'm not as young as I used to be. So <laughs> I got to be a little more aware of what's going on. That's all that is. Right. That's really all it is. But like if you find yourself at a at a Philadelphia Eagles game, you, yeah. know, you know you're about to start. <laughs> Especially as a Giants fan. <laughs> right. <laughs> Big problems there. Big problems at Philly. Oh, yeah. They got a good reputation. Oh. Yeah, it's just it's just good hearty fun. That's all. Absolutely, yeah. That's 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 what they are. I respect Philly a whole lot. Oh yeah, respect Philly. But yeah. So, uh, where do you uh, coach people, or where do you train people? Right now, but with COVID, it's COVID's changed the entire landscape globally. So right now, I'm teaching pretty much from my house, which is Mm -hmm. which is actually convenient. Sort of converted my uh, living room into a sort of mat, so people I know that have tested, I make sure that they, they test negative for COVID before they come to the house. Um, I set up like basically a little area for us to work and I have some mats left over from when our uh, school closed in Bergenfield. So I, luckily I kept a couple of those. So that definitely helps. Um, and I'm getting some new mats soon, which are actually like better shock absorbers or Fuji mats. They're going to be awesome. Um, so I'm basically just, you know, working around people's schedules. So at this point, it's all kind of remote and sort of selectively in person. Um, and then if it grows and becomes more of a following, then I might reopen another school, to be honest. That's that's where my mind is. I, I always wanted to have a, a pool of fighters that I trained, you know, for yeah. me. That was kind of always the vision. Um, you don't really do this for that long because, um, you know, you're out of comp- – I'm out of the competition. I could, could I still compete? Absolutely. I'm in perfect shape, especially with what I know now. Like, it's – I'm at a firm point where I could still do it, but – I also have the risks of being a father now. Like, I don't want to come home and, you know, have a black eye and pick up my daughter who's not even two yet and have to, like, be scared to look at me. You know what I'm saying? So, and it's a lot of sacrifice on the family's end, too. You know, I have a, I have a wife. I have three kids. So, it's, you know, it's a lot of sacrifice for them, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, away from them, I'm sure, as you know. So, it's like you have to kind of pick your battles, you know. So, right now, I've kind of transitioned mm-hmm. to the other side of the game, which is really just trying to coach people. Um, I have some really loyal students, uh, which is great. They come. One of them lives like two blocks from me, um, which is great. So we're actually going to meet up tomorrow morning at eight o'clock um, and get some get some good training. And um, so I'm hoping to grow the following. And if you know whoever's you know willing to practice and train with me, you know I'm more than welcome to have them. And and how can people get in touch with you? Um, I have a uh, obviously a phone number, but I've got a Facebook, which is uh, facebook.com/slash/mastercmbrand, and I've also got an Instagram specifically for my teaching and for my merchandise. I just opened an online store, has uh, my branding, my initial CM on it. Uh, the little stripe down the M is actually to signify the mastery because uh, fourth degree practitioners and above, which are considered masters they get a stripe down their pants. Yeah. So it's sort of like a paramilitary version of uh, of things. But uh, yeah, so I've got an Instagram.com slash Master Chris Mullard. You guys can find me there. All so, right. Yeah, get in contact with me. Please send me a message. Please, please, please. Yeah. Love to teach. I and love to teach. what about... Uh, so, um, with training facilities opening up in Jersey, are they opening up right now? Or are they? Because I know gyms are open. That some of them, some of them are. It depends on. It's really dependent on. Yes, they're open, but it depends a lot on the people right now. It seems like the the vibe I'm getting from people right now is, and what I'm also comfortable with is that it's okay to do one on one or remote learning because then it minimizes risk, which is totally understandable, especially as the cases are starting to jack themselves back up. Yeah. So I don't know, hopefully those facilities and those businesses don't close down because of this. Um, Cause you I mean, I don't know how, I don't know who was sitting on six months worth of rent money. I don't yeah. think anybody was yeah. expecting this to come. Right. Um, and it definitely, definitely uh, threw us for a loop um, back in March and April. So that was uh that was a big thing. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, huge. W- w- uh, my opinion on on what is going on is yeah. is like they need to just start opening things up yeah. you know if you have if yeah. you have students and you're yeah. changing we all know right. that this is not a, a guest thing here we right. all know that people who study martial arts are learning discipline or learning to take care of their bodies and, yes. and everything it's positive it's a good thing yes if you can't get people back into doing that you're just you're hurting people another way you are 
Um, so, it, like, I want to mm. see these places open up again. Me too. Obviously, universal precautions, masks, and all that stuff. Yes. You know, it's funny, though. Like, people have to always say, oh, you know, after every time the facility is used, we wipe it down, we clean it, and right. we... That's what we've been doing all along anyway. Right. Gyms have always wiped down their Correct. equipment. That's... I mean, well, they're supposed to. Correct. They're, they're, they're supposed to. <laughs> I was going to add that. To yeah, that. you know, but but at the end of the day, it's, yeah, just keep your facility clean. Absolutely. Um, wear your mask. Everybody go get tested yep. um, regularly. Yes. It's not that much of a hassle. Yeah. The, the big hassle is not going to train yes. with you yes. for six months because you're afraid, yeah. and then you lose everything that you learned, and you, get, you gain weight, you yep. gain bad health habits yep. and then you get depressed correct and you know what at the beginning of this of the whole COVID thing in march uh, i mean especially with the school closing down like i was really upset about that yeah that really that really was a dig because i mean i've been doing this my whole, my whole life practically so to not have to go from you know having students in a location to do it and then not having students in no location yeah. to do it it really does i mean as an owner of a business it really does like it hurts you real bad did your training your martial arts training and your your learning your discipline and yeah. everything did that help you with dealing with that it's a perfect question it kicked in um wasn't the first i would say the first month and a half maybe the first two months first eight weeks i kind of was like what everybody else was doing just sitting around sort of waiting like sort of tentative like i don't want to get started on a brand new goal right now because what if i get started on that thing i never wanted to i always had you know never had time to do and then i got to go back to doing you know the regular day to day so now i've kind of abandoned you know the goal but ended up spanning so long that I ended up changing, and this is a great thing about the martial arts, man. I ended up changing my perspective. Yeah. I would, instead of saying, I don't have a track to run on, I have a, I'm live on a long street. It's essentially, I measured it a mile each way. It's a mile each way. Regardless of how many you know lights there are and stops and cars, well, there's plenty of that. It's residential, but I was like, this is a residential track. I should just be doing this. And then I started doing that a little bit more. And then I stopped eating, you know, whatever the junk food, Oreo the comfort cookies. food, Oreo cookies. I wasn't even a huge fan of that stuff. Before, right, but you just ate it. But anyway. I ate it anyway. <laughs> right. And my wife is with me, so I'm like, you know, all right, let's eat together. And then I was like, wait, stop. And that's what that's where martial arts is right there. It's that stop. Like you have to let's get back to what we what we were doing before. So let's get let's get ourselves back to training. Let's get ourselves running. Let's get ourselves conditioned. Let's lift weights again. Let's do push-ups. Let's do sit-ups. Um, so it's like all that all that kickback. And I've been in shape my whole life, but this was I think the first real test of my martial arts usage. And it's like sort of versatility because and I didn't have anybody in front of me telling me to like, hey, I'm gonna work out. You know, I'm gonna train with you. No one was gonna do martial arts at that particular time. So I had to like figure out. Okay, well. That's, this is obviously not the healthiest version of myself that I can be, even mentally. We've got to get back to a point where we're looking at these disadvantages as opportunities now. And that shift in perspective was a lot, allowed me to do so much. So I've obviously lost weight, but for me, it's never been a weight issue. It was like, right. let's get into the shape. You're a fighter. You're supposed to be in fighting shape year round, 24 seven. If anything happens, you got it, you're on. That's your time. That's your showtime. Right. That's your showtime. So, you know, I never fought on the big stage, but uh, I, I, I completely, in my mind somewhere, reworked sitting down and being, you know, just essentially non-active to being now 100% active, training every day practically. So it's, it's, it's I feel better doing this. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was hard to get to that point, especially after eating all that comfort food, you know, so it's like. Now, I can't see myself going back to that ever. So if this happens again and we do close down, we're going to jack it up more. Yeah. We're going to jack it up yeah. more. Let's keep, let's continue because it, it's also for the mental, right? Like I also got kids at home. I got a wife at home. Who right. What's the, the example way. you're going to say, Correct. right? And, yeah. now, and that's my job, right? That's my job as a father, which is I take that job completely serious. And then I, my job as a husband and I'm my job as a, a fighter and a teacher. So it's like so many titles that I have where I can't subtract what I'm doing from my life. I have to continue, not for the sake necessarily of them, but it's really for me, but it benefits so many people and I see that. So my outreach is great. Um, I just have to make sure that I stay in that shape and that's kind of what the martial arts reminded me of. You know, I, I didn't have to sit there, you know, I meditate a couple hours, a couple hours a week maybe, you know, cumulatively, like in the shower, I take five minutes and just yeah. close my mind. There's, there's a lot of power in meditation. Um, and you have to find those places. I'm not a fan of excuses. I don't come from an excuse family. I don't come from an excuse teacher. So I just stop making excuses. And then you just see how much changes when you don't give yourself options. I don't give my, I have my son train with me in the morning. He usually runs. 
He's 10 years old. He runs four miles with me in the morning. I'd, if you would ask me at That's 10 years, amazing. if you would ask me at 10 years old, get up at six o'clock in the morning to go train, yeah. I would have been like, no way, right? Yeah. And probably some expletives in there too, right? So there's no way, but he gets up and he's uh, he's resilient, man. I've never seen a kid. Um, that's why I say that the, what you can do with a kid's mind is it's so sensitive. So you have to really, it's the most gentle artistry you can ever have, right? Is that job is raising a kid. So uh, shout out to Jaden, man. Young Jaden. Yeah, uh, Jaden. He's a lion. Bro. He's, a, he's really a lion. I told him, you could be better than me. Yeah. Like now. Right, <laughs> if, you, right. if you do this and keep it up. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just doing it, you know, obviously to, you know, let him know like, hey, you should be we're always working on something. He's got these aspirations, obviously, to go to the NBA and um do all these big things and i'm like well you gotta in order to get something you never had you gotta be willing to do things that you've never done and that's to start that's the minimal and then i should be telling you to stop not to hey pick up the basketball so uh, adapting that from the martial arts and i was always a basketball player and a martial artist so i i love the crossover between the two the footwork always helped me stay with everybody on, yeah, on yeah. the court i was never the best uh, basketball player i was always the fighter but I I have I'll have the footwork game down. Yeah. Um but but Jaden I think is he's incredible. I get him up and as I started in, started getting myself inspired to go cuz you're not the thing people have to understand is you're not going to be motivated every day to do this. Right. I'm not counting on motivation to get outside the door. I'm counting on being disciplined to get outside the door. It doesn't matter what the weather is. It just means I have to make an adjustment to the weather. If it's cold, we put on more. If it's hot, we take let we take more off. That's pretty much it. So, you know, as I come home every day from from work, I just put my little running shoes right there. I set them up so that way when I come from the other side of the door the next morning, I can just put my feet in and go. That's, There's no yeah. choice. Yeah. There's no choice. And it has to be like that. Even if things do shut down again, I should see more people working out outside. I should see more workout videos from people. Not that you always have to post your stuff, but yeah. that's the way to keep your mindset healthy because otherwise, I mean, you've seen the people, I'm sure, dwindle down and, and like, you know, haven't gone outside in six months. Yeah. Get all their groceries delivered home. Right. Nothing wrong with that, especially if you're someone that's at risk. Like, yeah. I, I'm immunocompromised. I have asthma, but I got to get outside the door. I have to go to work. I have people to support. I also, I, I have to train. That's like in my mind every morning. I have to, every day. I wake up, I go right back, no matter how, and I tell people this too, which is I think great, um, and sort of adapted from my teacher too, like every day you sort of wake up, you're a white belt, right? Which is like the very beginning. So it doesn't matter how great today ends up being or what I ended up doing today, I'm really only as good as what I do today. Yeah, That matters, right? So like people who are you know training with me now, if I just kind of guide them through their class and you know speak with them and hang out and I can do that, cross my legs and be like, okay, yeah, kick, hana, do, set, Korean. And then end the class, they'd be like, okay, cool. But at some point you're asking, can you still do what you can do? Because you haven't sort of shown me anything today. Yeah. You haven't kicked. I, I, and it, and the, it's in the back of your mind. It's not like something conscious. You're like, I wonder if he can still kick. Oh, yeah. there it is. Okay, yeah. good. All right, he's legit. All right, so now he's worth what he's charging me. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. So right. there's there's always that expectation, but that's every day. I would expect, just like how I ask my students, like you would expect when you came in through the door, what did you expect from me when you asked me a question about this realm? You expect me to have the answer, right? So it's kind of like the same chain, right? Now I could be able to call Master Kim and be like, hey, sir, do you have the answer to this? And he has it. He could tell me this is a high side block in the first part of the pattern or the 16 movement is this, and he knows all that. So it's the, having that expectation of yourself as an instructor, but also <clears throat> as a practitioner. Because I've been, a, I'll be a practitioner for probably just the amount of a less time than I'm a teacher, but it's really go, they're really going up at the same rate. Sure, you know right, what I'm saying. Yeah. So you have to really, you have to maintain. I, I wish people would. I wish more people would get involved in martial arts. It's not like, I almost wish it'd be a law, right? Like it, you know, you have yes. to have some level of training. Right. Like, in, like in my house, there's a certain level of training expected of you. There's a certain level of math you should know. There's a certain level of science you should know. Right. Certain level of so why not? having the physical aspect yeah, down just, it's tremendous though and it changes and you know you change as active as you are you ch it changes everything about yeah. who you are it becomes your identity so it's like if you pulled 
Taekwondo here. Like I just like pull it back. Like I need that yeah. in order to continue. That's just my thing. Yeah, it just reminds me of uh, yeah. I was I was talking about the gym, probably annoying the shit out of everybody <laughs> because that's all I talk about. <laughs> and uh, a guy at work goes, you know, there's uh, more to life than working out. And I looked at him. I said, No. Oh, oh no, there isn't. <laughs> <laughs> and I meant it. Man. I meant. I was like, No, you are completely wrong, man. I'm and he's just like, that. Yeah, I knew you were gonna say that. I'm and with you. Went off into I'm with thing. you on that, man. Have you seen Have you seen David Goggins? The, the ex Navy SEAL. Yes. Oh my God. That like, how could you be more motivational than that? It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. We can, and he, he ran this 240 mile thing, uh, yeah. like maybe a couple weeks ago, or maybe a month ago. And he's on this interview uh, afterward, and he's like, "Yeah, I hate running." Yeah. Right. What do you mean you hate running? He's running all the time. <laughs> You're running all the time. But that's his. But he doesn't give himself an option. Yeah. And I think that pulling, obviously, I have many sources of inspiration um, just during this period. And shout out to my man, Mike Smith, uh, Adventure Health and Fitness. Um, he opened his gym up uh, temporarily while this was going on. Very limited uh, just to me and one other uh, one other individual um, does all my graphics work for me, too. And he uh, he has a gym in Montclair. And, you know, we basically just, instead of going to the actual physical location, we did it outdoors since it was so nice. And he just packed up some stuff, and then we went outdoors. And every day, I would probably say four or five times a week, we train. Um, and he was instrumental uh, in getting me back to, actually, not even getting me back. I hate when people say that. It got me better than where I was. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, feel, I feel better at 32. I feel better at 32 than I did at 25. Yeah. I have to say, like, if I saw my 25-year-old self, I'd be like, I'm going to have a field day with you. Yeah. If he walked in through the door right now, I'd be like, I'm going to take care of you. But um, he was he was really great. Um, so we had kettlebells. So like similar stuff to what you're doing. Kettlebells, uh, cousins that like to steal mace, right? Yep. And uh, you know, just pull-ups, push-ups, sit-ups, uh, sprints, sandbags. I mean, we did everything. So he was he was really like a guiding light um, in that moment. He wasn't even in the martial arts realm. So it's like, you know, sometimes your, your sources for, you know, your drive really come from other places that are not in your... In your field yeah you know I, I, mean? I think there's something to that Absolutely. actually that's yes. a thing that people should try to to do in their lives yes. it's like it's nice to uh collaborate with people that are in the same realm obviously yes. for, for for its purpose but right it's also nice to go outside because you're pulling in a very different perspective. Absolutely. And usually that's more, that could be even more of a collaborative thing because that person can benefit a lot from you, from what you know. Absolutely. Right. It's cross-functional. It's yeah. like, it's like, right. it's like, again, lifting a kettlebell, right? It's like, I tried to explain it to my wife. Like, here's how, here's how everything changed on my body. I was like, this is the only thing I've changed in my routine. That's different. Yeah this has got to be it because it's it works everything as you're doing it yeah so instead of having to go bench press and then having to go deadlift which i don't like to do anyway because all that mass on you doesn't work well in martial arts for fighting i mean you could sure if you get your hands on the person but what if i can't what if they're a great striker what if they're better than i am and i can't put my hands on them so it's it, it does it does it looks good in the mirror but it's not functional for me yeah um based on the field that i'm in because i'm in i have to be in fighting shape year round that's just kind of how it is but kettlebells when when mike smith uh in, introduced the kettlebells to me he's like hey try these and you know just sort of the man dropped it right there on the floor next to me i was like hmm okay mm, yeah okay hey this is great i can do all this and that was what made the difference and it i think it actually improved my running capability um my vo2 max i think went through the uh, roof yeah, using yeah. the kettlebells and yeah. i was like i didn't think that you could get better at cardio by doing something from that w from weights from doing kettlebell swings right from kettlebell swings i was yeah. like how do you how do you do that and yeah. it was just like it's like you, the greatest exercise it's the it's greatest I, I say i'm telling my wife i'm like i'm getting one you know it, at least probably before christmas i may be a gift to myself i don't yeah. i may be the only person to use it but maybe the only person that could pick it up <laughs> but i'll be using it trust me um, so yeah, I bought for for my house. I have a yeah. seventy pound to do to do yep, regular see. kettlebell swings, yes. and then I got a thirty five pound to do basically snatches. Gotcha. But like I'll do the, um, I'll do them together. So gotcha. I'm just like hitting that hinge movement yes, like man. crazy it's huge bro and huge. i the next day it's like i'm sore and i'm still sore from a couple yeah. of days ago i think i only picked it and out. it's explosive so it, that definitely translates over to what you do absolutely because it's, you you want you, you're gonna fire from the hips correct, right correct. you're gonna kick correct you're gonna punch and it's that explosive movement yes and and, and, and understanding strength. when to relax because you can't be tense the whole time you're swinging yes. that thing right you gotta again it's all again about the relationship and i'll, I'll keep going back to that it's, it's so true in life too like you have to be Yes, you have to be relaxed, but yeah, then sometimes you're gonna have to ramp it up a little bit, you know. So, it's yeah. it's it's very similar. It's very similar. I find a lot of, 
I find a lot of meaning in life and working out and extrapolating concepts from what I'm doing. So, and I separate working out from training, by the way. Training is particularly martial arts. That's that's training because there's a there's one goal in mind. Working out for me is separate and it, it's, it's, it's to complement the training at the same time. But it's different. It's not, it's, it's, you know, it's almost a sense of body. It's almost like a form of bodybuilding, right? Yeah. Um, you know, depending on how you want to do it. It's not like Ronnie Coleman. But, you know, like, I don't do it that way. But, you know, it's... it's lightweight. Lightweight. <laughs> lightweight, baby. Yeah, that's my man right there. My youngest son, he loves, uh, he loves uh, Ronnie Coleman. We watched that doc on Netflix. That was crazy. Um, but it, it, it's got to be that focus, though, because I respect that. That's that focus, like all year round. I gotta eat this. I gotta eat this. I gotta drink this. I gotta stay away from the parties. I gotta run past the club. Just like Floyd Mayweather. I, I gotta. I have a singular goal in mind. So yeah. the training is to help complement. Uh, well, sorry, I, the working out is to help complement the training. That's how it's supposed to be, because um, essentially that's what it is. I mean, look at professional athletes. Like all year round, they're essentially owned by whoever they are and if you're signing up with the NBA they own you, you yeah, can't, there's certain right. things you can do with your body and you can't do yeah and they you want know. to sign for those endorsements too They correct they, yes. they own you too they own you too so it's like you can't go jump out of a helicopter you gotta ask people when to do that you know yeah. what I'm saying but you know jumping out of a helicopter doesn't have to be literal it can be metaphorical what if I sit here as an NBA player and then just splurge on sodas all day right. now I'm not able to play as well as I'm supposed to but based on my dollar value that I was initially you know valued at and so. this is what I always say yeah. uh, about the fire department you know yeah. like like obviously we're not paid to be we're not no. paid like a freaking professional athlete that right. would be amazing right. but <laughs> all right so we're <laughs> paid a little bit less than that um but still people are paying you yeah. to, to do a job yes and and like you know hey you, you want to let yourself go and that's on you that's gonna you know yeah and it's a dangerous job that you do right it's a dangerous job just, you could lose your life in that job you just don't you don't want to blow up your heart you know you want exactly. to you want to exactly. have some good cardio yes. so train yourself it's, yes. that's what they're paying you to do are most firefighters in sh uh, required to be in a particular amount a particular shape is that like a test that happens yearly or it, it, how does it depends work? on department okay i gotcha. you know around here it's you, you you do have to pass in the beginning you have to take the the qualifier test and okay. you know all that gotcha. um but there isn't anything like set in, okay. it's not like in every department gotcha okay um so we're gonna run out of time but i want to yeah. talk to you about your podcast that you yes. didn't you did not start it yet haven't started but yet. just sitting here talking to you and listening yes. to what you say you're 32 years old you're fifth degree black belt you're you're very wise appreciate it man um appreciate it. you have very good advice um very uh, it, you're you're thought provoking too. You say things that get get my mind going. I could just imagine an audience listening to you. So, it, what kind of topics are you going to be covering in your podcast? I'm going to be covering a lot of fighting, um, a lot of breakdown on fighting, as that's kind of like you know the essentially what I do. That's the, the, my favorite aspect of martial arts is the fighting aspect, the combat that uh, combat aspect. Um, so I'm going to be breaking down obviously you know fights that could be. It's going to be random here and there. I'll be breaking down the MMA fight, a big one here and there. I might be breaking down a big boxing fight here and there. And then in between, what the most part is going to be pretty much is philosophy. Um, fighting philosophy for people that are literally trying to get better but can't seem to get better with the repetition and the training per se. Um, sort of to ha almost accelerate the training in a sense or to get people that haven't even thought about fighting or haven't been in that realm or just c completely fearful to go get involved in martial arts to see what the benefits really can do for you. I mean, it's really, it's not just a fifth degree black belt perspective. It's a perspective, I mean, fighting is like life. It's yeah. so much, it's so much. I listened to uh, uh, Mike Tyson talk on hot boxing with Mike Tyson. I mean, the wisdom that guy has yeah. at this age, and he's yeah. getting ready to fight at 54 yeah. with Roy Jones. It's insane. Um, but to look how he looks at that age, I mean, uh, ridiculous. But it's the, it's the knowledge that he drops. That's just absolutely That's tremendous. all knowledge he attained from practicing in the ring, going to the gym every night. From fighting. Getting ready for fights, yes. being in fights, yes. coming out of fights yes. and thinking about what he did yes. and how he fought. It's, it, yes. like, because everybody knew he didn't really have, like, a, a good education growing up. No, I, think, I, don't think he, I don't even think he graduated high school. No, <laughs> and I don't, I mean, I'm sure he's read books and stuff, yes. but, like, it's not, he wasn't like a Poindexter where he sat there right. every night reading books. Correct. No, he Correct. was learning to fight. Correct. Correct. So Correct. where did he get this from? He got that from his trainer, Customato, who was essentially his father figure, if you yeah. think about it, because Mike really didn't have his father active in his life. His father was around, but, you know, based on what I've read and heard Mike say, he wasn't around. So Custom Model was really his trainer slash father slash role model slash everything. And then, yeah, as you saw, right, when 
custom auto died, then so so did all the discipline with Mike. Yeah. And that made up for the you know all the things that he ended up getting into yeah. um, that were the opposite direction of where he was. Right. But if you look at him now, he's clean. He's like I mean, he looks he looks tremendous. The look in his eyes changed. That's that's the biggest thing I saw with Mike. What, is, what, what do you see there? Well, when he did a po- he did a podcast with Joe Rogan months before he started started this whole announcement about Roy Jones, and we didn't know how serious that was going to be anyway. Personally, I didn't know. Um, and then it just as the as it got ramped up, and he did that podcast. He did another one, I think, with Joe right after, and um, maybe a couple months later. And he was completely trimmed down, mm-hmm. but it, it was like the intensity came back. Like it was, you could see it, it's him. It's him, yeah. and it's laser-like focus yeah. now. Yeah. I have a job. He's like, it's like a man finding, like, you know, a sense of purpose. You know, like, he's got his will to, like, continue now. Yeah. And, like, he's using boxing as his medium to channel the knowledge, not just to us, you know, being fans, but to, I'm sure, his family, his friends. So it's like you learn a lot of things from getting hit. I mean, from from getting hit and <laughs> yeah. fight, you really do. I mean, because if I go in there and fight, and I'm a pretty good, I, I think I'm a pretty good defensive fighter. Um, I, that's my that's my modus operandi at this point in my life too, because getting hit hurts a lot more when you're older too, yeah, yeah. which I found out. So, um, but if you never get hit, you don't learn anything. You know, if you watch Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan, right? The they almost were a complete, the complete antithesis of each other. Jackie Chan almost did did his style of film on purpose, right? To be opposite of Bruce, who never got hit, who you could never envision getting hit. And then Jackie Chan's like, I'm not him, so I'm gonna get hit in these films. And then it's gonna be funny. And then, you know, and it's like, yeah, that's kind of how it is. You gotta have to have this expectation that, yeah, you are gonna get hurt, but I can minimize it by doing X, Y, and Z. Or I can at least leave, I know I'll leave the fight. I know I'll be able to walk away. And having that confidence to walk around is really like a superpower. I feel like I have a cape on all the time. I'm like, I know something you don't know. And you know, if, if anything does happen, if anything does pop off, I know I can also restrain. I know I can also, I don't have to go from zero to 100 on someone. I know I can get the, I can go to like 25 and then like, all right, we're good. Well, talk it down if I have to. That's really kind of where you are at this point, at, at where I am at this point in my life. Not everyone's like that. Um, but I think if you study a traditional style, from the source pretty much like I have it um you learn a lot of things about how to conduct yourself there are a lot of a lot of don'ts and there's only a couple of do's and those couple of do's you make sure you do them well and that's kind of how you have to live your life man it's it's you know it's I'm post you know fighting career championship I've got all the trophies and medals anyone could ask for I gave them away but it's like that stuff's not important it's important when you get it that day and then it's like all right let's get our shoes back on and let's get to the next thing let like we just that the the day goes on the world still continues to turn so it's like you got to continue to train you can't rest on your laurels man you really can't especially in fighting you do that for too long you're gonna get you're gonna get taken out of there and you see that a lot with the mma guys you know they don't have uh, very long careers right in in mma so and the best and the best if you look at it the best ones that do are some of the most disciplined people like khabib this guy that just mauled right this guy justin gaethje the other day um but very disciplined guy and very humble. Um, and if you're not humble, I believe Mike Tyson said, if you're not humble, fighting fighting life will bring humbleness to you. Yes. So that's, yeah. a, that's a very big quote from Mike. But again, you get all this knowledge, not like I'm some wizard. It's like you get this from fighting. You get hit. Are you going to continue now or are you going to cry about it? Because you don't have time to cry if the person's got the second, third, fourth technique lined up for you. You got to make the adjustments in real time and you got to change your style sometimes. Today, I may not be able to do today like I did yesterday. I may have to finesse it. I may have more problems today than I had yesterday. How do I go through those problems and navigate smoothly to get to the next, to, you know, get to the next day and get someone else possibly to the next day? Now that I'm a father, which is even more important than being a fighter, trying to get my kids to get on to the next day successfully. That's kind of um, using my philosophy to help them. So, nice, yeah. man. So, yeah. yeah, I my favorite quote from Mike Tyson, and yeah. and when I heard it, it 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 took it took a little bit for it to settle in, but this was what I needed to hear. Um, what he said was, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. That's one of my biggest ones. And I love that. This, then, when, when I heard that, I was yeah. so receptive to it because I was at a point in my life where I overanalyzed everything. Gotcha. And I needed a plan. Yeah. And if, the, okay, here's plan A. Now, if this happens, plan A is not going to work, so I'm going to need plan B. Correct. And if this happens, that's not going to work, so I'm going to need plan C. Correct. And, I mean, it would just turn into this nightmare of overthinking yes. everything. And then when I heard... 
that quote, I was yeah. like, yeah. So you know what? Stop trying to plan shit. Correct. Just be prepared for everything yes. the best you can and be prepared to adapt and overcome. That's the big thing, adapting. Yeah. You have to adapt when you're in there. That's like one of the one of the really big things. And it's adapting to life too, right? Because tomorrow, you don't know what, to, what tomorrow morning at 4 a.m. is going to be. You right. wake up at like 4.14, right? So like you don't know what how you're going to feel tomorrow. You just know how you feel right now. Yeah. 4.14 is a long time from right now. Yeah. But also when you're fighting, you do have to analyze in real time like that. I have to have options like you just said in your mind like i have to have plan b plan c but my plan b and plan c are also stemming from you know something else that might happen in that moment right. so i may be plan b and plan c from a different section of, it, of my playbook yeah. you know what i'm saying so i have to like just be ready in real time hope this works okay cool and then continue you know but you can't over over analyze when you fight right right yeah yeah, so you, you basically uh, you're just building your plan book one day at a time. Yes, that's it. Right? That's it. That's yeah. the whole lifestyle, man. And that's and hopefully to you know again you know master it and then give it on to someone else that can benefit from it. And I think everybody can benefit from Taekwondo. I could I think everyone can benefit from the way I teach it as well because it's not just kicking and punching. That's like the bare minimum. Right. That's the bare minimum. Well, talking. I think everybody yeah. you know uh, that's listening could yeah. could hear that. So if if anybody. Uh, wants to train with Chris. He's in Bloomfield. Yes, please um, come by. I, I know on Instagram, your League of Shadows. Yes. Um, you gave out your Facebook earlier. Yes. Give it out one more time. Yeah, facebook.com slash brand and also instagram.com slash masterchrismalark. That's the best way to find me. Got my phone number, bio, link to my online shop. Um, so, yeah, definitely the best way to find me. And what's going to be the name of your podcast? Uninitiated. 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 All right. So yeah. look for Uninitiated. Yes. Are you going to do it on video? Is it going to be on YouTube? I'm going to try to do it on video. I probably will start off as audio. Okay. Um, and then I'll see if I can transition to video shortly after. All right. So, I yeah. know it's going to be good. I can't yeah. wait for it. I appreciate it, man. I want yeah. you to do it. Please yes. do it. I will. And I will. Um, and, and audience listening, um, if this podcast drops before his podcast is out, don't worry. I will make sure <laughs> that when it's out, I will let everybody know again. Yes. Please. So we're gonna get we're gonna get Absolutely. the word out on Appreciate this end you, here. Man. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks a lot, man. Absolutely. Appreciate Thank it. you. Appreciate you, man. Everybody, you. thanks for tuning in to another episode. Remember to sign up for the Steel Mason Nation newsletter. Yes. If you sign up for the newsletter, you'll be able to get your discount codes for all of the wonderful sponsors that this podcast has. That's Addicts, Addicts Mason Clubs. That's Vintage Strength Training. That's Mace Fit macefit.com that's graziella coffee company and don't forget ongo energy spray my first sponsor it's a little spray pump they you spray three squirts in your mouth and you're on fire and you can go kick ass <laughs> beautiful <laughs> it's man. good stuff <laughs> sounds like it all right everybody thanks a lot Take see you at the next guys. one bye awesome man that was great